The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... two-man power trip of wrestling this is another episode of who is i am your host jp john paz and of course with me here is the doctor himself mr j michael p.s jargo jargo what's going on how goes it paz you this this one's tough dude this one's tough and most of the time when i say it's tough it's because it's like a really hard category paz i think you might have picked the worst category in the history of the show today oh wow well, before, wow. before we get back into that, hey, hey, that's introduce... a good positive way to start yeah. the show. <laughs> start off with the third man in the booth. I like starting off with sunshine and rainbows and lollipops, Huckleberry. You know this. He is, of course, Mr. TMPT, Mr. HMG, Mr. RBV, Rick Brooks, or excuse me, Rick Propes. Welcome back. How you doing? Hey, we, we've got a new one on there that we, that we can add to the extensive list, the accolades, the resume rbv richard brunson vickery record-breaking voice uh this past weekend i had the uh, the honor to participate at ascend pro wrestling where we did it ladies and gentlemen we, we broke the record for the world's the historic largest battle royal in the history of professional wrestling uh, and i got to call the action there as the the ring announcer the master of ceremonies uh, a hot crowd uh, and it, it was simply it was so cool to just see to be there involved with that locker room uh, with some of the, just the absolute top in independent pro wrestling. Uh, and then to see them come through the curtain, this just big, massive wave of muscle, the guys and the girls, it, it was incredible. How many you know, people were in it, Rick? Uh, I don't forget the actual final, because if you know anything about indie wrestling, you're getting canceled up to the last minute. Uh, they had calls out to other shows. If you're done with your match, get here. We want to make sure that we cover. So it was around 100 or so, uh, three big rings. Uh, there was a lot of people in there. Rick, you know what you need? You somehow, some way, we have to track down Shofunaki just so we can get Richard Bronson Vickery, number one ring announcer. Yes, there we go. Pause. Pretty come amazing. on, get in the roll. Make it happen, pause. All right, all right. You got the roll uh, baby. Pretty crazy. Hundred guys, three rings, battle royal. Uh, very WCW esque. Obviously, they only had sixty guys, but very uh, World War Three esque. And I'll tell you, it was even beyond. You know, just the. The imagery to, to be there in that moment, the, the emotions to feel. Uh, the, the guy, Tim Lutz, and his crew at Ascend Pro Wrestling, 
Uh, there is, man, I bet you, I, I don't know how many just little, you know, checklists you got to hit for the criteria. Uh, and then reading through the rules in the same, and it's like that big, this pamphlet uh, of all the regulations that they had to go by. It's as simple as everybody had to be inside the ring, feet on the mat. You couldn't be up on the ropes. Uh, then there, you couldn't have an elimination for the first two minutes. They had to make sure that they could count that everyone was making an attempt to actually win the match. Uh, as Ledbetter said, uh, do these guys even know anything about professional wrestling? <laughs> I mean, just the list of things that they were asking. Uh, and they got through it all. Uh, so uh, kudos to them. And it, it was a great moment. Was that for Guinness? Yes. Paz, do you know how the Guinness Book of World Records came to be a thing? No idea. Rick, do you know how the Guinness Book of World Records became a thing? Uh, somebody was eating a bunch of hot dogs and wanted to have it recorded for all the time. You know, you may not necessarily be wrong on that, but if you look back in history, ladies and gentlemen, the Guinness Book of World Records was originally published by the Guinness Beer Company, and it was sent wow. out. It was sent out to bars to settle Irish bar fights. That was why the Guinness Book of World Records was originally invented. That is awesome. I've had this conversation uh, regularly with people. You know, back in the day, like, you know, with our age, when we started going to bars, we didn't have the cell phones or you, you did, but you didn't have the internet available with it. You didn't have the internet on the go. And, and just like even before us, all those old guys, we sit around just arguing all day yep. about sports trivia or, you know, world news, things like that. And they would go home angry at each other because no one was going to budge on what they thought was right. Now today that's gone because we just get Google, Google it and it's over. <laughs> old school Irish bar fights. The Guinness book of world records was sent out to settle old school Irish bar fights. So Jargo, you had a problem with the topic this week, even though we are coming very close to survivor series. It is very topical. You did not like having to pick who is the best survivor series team. I do not why? like why Jargo. Yeah, I do why? not like anything to do with Survivor Series. Rick, you know this. Really? Red versus blue is uh, well, awful. No, you're going back to even when I was a kid, I hated the concept really? of Survivor I, I Series. I loved Survivor Series. I thought it was something so unique. And I, I we were talking about where things originated from. I was just going to ask if you guys knew this because I don't. I was thinking about it as I was prepping for the show. Where did they come up with the concept around Survivor Series? Was it to counter war games? Was it kind of a spinoff of that, or it was I mean, I know, arcade, I know, wasn't it? Well, I know in 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 theory, it was to prolong the great success with Andre and Hogan, and then try to involve, you know, incorporate some other stars into the the picture there. So they came up with this team concept. But I, as a kid, I love Survivor Series. Well, I, I, my understanding, and I'm sure Paz knows this better than I do. My understanding is originally WCW ran a Clash of Champions opposite of a WWE show, and then and then and then WWE ran Survivor Series opposite of Starcade. That was my understanding of how Survivor Series came to be. No, I just mean the concept of the teams. Where you know where they came up with just getting. You know, and you get so many stars on a, and we're going to talk Te- about some of these great technically, that they put together. Technically, WWF did it first. They had Survivor Series first. Okay, so I got okay. it backwards. Yeah, it, then then WCW did it with with the first clash with Sting and Flair against WrestleMania four. Yep, there you go. And did pretty well. Did 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 really good numbers. Probably heard WrestleMania four, even though four did okay. But um, as far as I know, it's they kind of took the idea from War Games. 
obviously away from the cage because war games, they were really running the great American bash tour. All of a sudden November comes, they kind of got the idea of like having multiple mad matches. Pat Patterson was like the brainchild of kind of making it survivor and, and people get eliminated, stuff like that. But the whole Genesis of it was how can we make Hogan and Andre another pay-per-view without having Andre and Hogan go one-on-one because we want to keep stretching and stretching and Andre got to keep him preserved because he's not the healthiest of guys right now. So it's like, okay, we got to do a multi-man match with him. We got to keep him preserved. We, we got to keep him strong, but we have to keep that feud intact. We still want Hogan versus Andre. So they basically created that. And then the next year they created, even though they had the rematch WrestleMania before they created SummerSlam with the tag match with Andre. So pretty crazy how many pay-per-views got extended from Andre and Hogan. Even as a kid for me, it was very much like a lot of people are with New Japan, like today, where people pay attention to New Japan pro wrestling from like, you know, the G1 through Wrestle Kingdom, and then they don't care again until the G1. For me, it was like Survivor Series to Royal Rumble. I would never watch WWF programming because Survivor Series just as a concept never did anything for me because, and I think what it really is, I don't feel the stakes in survivor series even as a kid i never felt the stakes in survivors there's not championships on the line it's like oh we get to brag yeah but you never do you know what i mean so it's just it, it never has done anything for me yeah, as I a show or different to, to see these these different personalities and these feuds come together and, and to see this something that's so different than what we were used to seeing throughout the rest of the year that's what really stood out to me and then you know which such a great tradition there where, where it was supposed to be Thanksgiving. But I mean, you it was like right that up there with the Lions and the Cowboys in the Survivor Series. You like that gimmicky stuff. Like you're you're a huge fan of the Battle Royal and the Royal Rumbles and all that. Like, and for me, I would much rather just see two guys in a ring and trying to see which one's better. Like that's just personal taste. I'm not a big fan of Boring. any of these big gimmick matches outside of money in the bank. And that's even completely lost all of its appeal about, you know, three, four years in. And they're saying now, like people have more interest in the money in the bank pay-per-view, which is crazy to me than survivor series. There's people stakes. Are kind of sleeping on well, because survivor we've gotten series. away from what made survivor series so great. Now they just, I mean, look, we just had this week. It wasn't even important enough to make programming. They announced the teams via Twitter. Give me a break right. here. And, and it, I get it. Okay, they use those numbers, and they're going to manipulate and tell you all the interaction we had on social media to try to, you know, to continue to pitch how great they are in these things. They didn't even mention it on programming. What do you spent all last week hyping up to make sure that you are live, that you are online, using your hashtag to get this thing, like the, the greatest trending that they've ever done? No, it just... I just saw it up just on my time on a feed on a feed on Facebook that someone said, "Hey, by the way, this is happening." The other got away from there, there's no there's no feuds combined. Uh, there's no reason for these teams to be together, and we usually only get one match now. The the other problem that they have at this point is the way that they do the draft and the timing of the draft. Like last night on Monday Night Raw, you had Seth Rollins out there talking smack about SmackDown. He was just done. You were just there like two weeks ago, dude. Uh, and I'm the whole sure team was, was basically. Is it, is yeah. it the Raw team was just like they were all on SmackDown last month, right? Yeah. And now they're representing this red brand, and it's do or die. You know, it, it's you know, it's brother and, versus brother. It's a silver war. Yes, yeah. yeah, like who cares? It's and just, so funny. Adam Pierce is on both shows. What does he care about one show over right. the other? Either it makes no sense. The, I, they're, the writing is just terrible. It's embarrassing. So the solution is ladies and gentlemen, if you want the best pro wrestling experience that you can get, 
is you watch WWE programming, you know, and, and AEW kind of mixed in there too. You, you go January until August or next year, July. They move SummerSlam to July next year. And, and then you switch over to New Japan Pro Wrestling for the G1 Climax through Wrestle Kingdom. And then you can go back for the Rumble, see? And, and that way you're still interested because you you skip Blood Money, you skip Survivor Series, and you can skip TLC. Oh, yeah, they actually canceled that because the tickets weren't selling very well. So now we're going to do a pay-per-view on, you know, New Year's and try to squash AEW and New Year's Dash. But let's go to the topic at hand, the best Survivor Series team of all time. I think the one that uh, immediately sticks out to a lot of people, Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, and the Legion of Doom. Is that the greatest Survivor Series team of all time? It's up there. Why you talk about, you know, going back and reliving those moments there, the, the young RBV absolutely some of my 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 favorites of all time but especially at the time and to see this group come together like this uh it was it was pretty damn incredible that's a stacked a stacked and very unique and dynamic team i had such high hopes for carry von eric and i really thought that this match was going to kind of be his launching point and i pause do you i mean outside of the foot thing right which would come to light was it just the timing for carrie like should he have just gotten there like two years sooner because why didn't carrie von eric ever become a wwf champion i feel like in that era only a few guys were destined to be champion and that's it everyone else i mean get my god i mean you had rick rude and jake the snake and you had so many awesome guys that were never going to be world champion just the way it was in that era it's just unfortunately the hogan era and they thought warrior was the next guy so then it's like okay how can we get the belt back onto hogan so he transitioned into slaughter it, it, it just seemed like that the timing was bad the era was bad for him wbf at that point nobody's breaking through who they had as champion I mean, well, all those guys, I would have taken the Texas Tornado over all of them. Well, if and I think, too, you know, Jargo, you're saying, why wasn't he champion? And, Paz, you, you, you nailed it there. you got to look at the timing. Where was that going to fit in? I think the bigger question is, and maybe the disappointment, is the lackluster run as the Intercontinental Champion. You know, why aren't we talking about him as one of the greatest in that spot of all time? Because that's what really where he fell short, and that's what the ceiling was. Hey, uh, well, we're talking about this team, though. How about yeah. opposed to them on the other side of the ring? Nothing to shake a stick at there as is Perfect. Mr. Perfect leads all three of demolition. Axe, Mash, and Crush. I have them on my list as well. Love that team. How, how did you feel about Crush when he came in? Didn't feel it. Didn't like it. I know Axe was getting older, but that's like one of those things where I loved Axe and Smash. You're not going to replace the guy you love with like this new young upstart who kind of fits the group a little bit, but I wasn't feeling him. At that point, I wasn't feeling him. Well, all it meant, what really meant to me is me and my friend Craig Fisher time had to go find a, another friend so that we could continue our streak of being demolition at, at Halloween. So we had to add someone to the group, but it, it, was he you, significantly Jarko, you said, younger and taller? Yes. Well, and it, it's, and you got to remember too, uh, you know, you were talking about too early, maybe if we got to Texas tornado, if we had him two, two years earlier, I mean, what if LOD would have come earlier and we would have got demolition in their prime versus LOD. But as Pa says, you know, you got Axe that's just aging. Uh, he can't do it. He can't make the towns every night when well, I make them, but he can't get up and down like he used to every night that with that schedule they're running. Uh, there was no Nia Jack's emotional recharge breaks. 
uh, that end up getting you fired. You're out there. You're running. You're running. 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 I love them. You got the Ultimate Warrior. You got the Modern Day Warrior. You got the Road Warriors. But only the warrior that they refer to as Warrior is the Ultimate Warrior. It's just funny the way that they they did that. But it's really the Warriors. I mean, that team is awesome. Everyone always thinks about that team when they talk about greatest Survivor Series teams. Absolutely. Who else we got? Pause. You mentioned Perfect and Demolition. I do like the team. What about Hogan, Jake, and Demolition? That's another great team. Very, very unique. Uh, again, dynamic and, and so different personalities coming together. But you, you again, this was what was so cool about it to me is to see this where this is a time where you get these top stars like this come together is that one unit. I thought... Isn't this where Jake the Snake versus Hulk Hogan should have started? Maybe. I mean, when, when you look at, like, the timing of it, isn't, like, it looks like this is where that launch point was supposed to be, and then they pivoted away from it. Well, and I mean, it's Jake, a shame, because I, well, I wanted to see that. Jake, you know, he jokes uh, that it was, you know, earlier there were plans for that, but the uh, the fans ruined his biggest paydays of his career because they started cheering him. Yeah. You know, getting to work with Hogan was going to give you that big main event cut, eh, but they didn't want to risk having to divide or even a little part of that audience not cheering Hogan most pose. This could have been kind of the begin genesis of that too. But I mean, you, you have Jake and Hogan on the same team and the only logical explanation that I can think of at this point in time that you would have had Jake and Hogan on the same team was if you were going to start a program between the two of them. How much of that is a work, though, by Jake saying that? Like, how many guys do you always say, oh, it was more over than Hogan? And then you, like, look back, you're like, yeah, he was popular, more over than Hogan? Eh, I don't know about that. I don't know. It always seems no, like, I don't oh, think, I was more I don't over think than Hogan. Were, like, I don't eh. think in any sense that he is saying that he would have been more over than Hogan, but it was just even running that risk, even if 10% or 15% of that audience, you didn't want to have that divide like you see today with, with the crowds. I always take what they say with a grain of salt, though, because, like, yeah, I mean, especially as a kid, I mean, everyone loved Jake the Snake, but Hogan is a whole nother level. Like, I never thought of Jake oh, as, like, the, the, the top yeah, guy, you know? Yeah, but, but that would have been a, a good program for those two. Oh, just... yeah, yeah. Especially, I would actually like the don't or trust me, Jake versus Hogan, like that who feud with Mike. Well, that's what that I was saying. When we had this, this like team, diabolical this was, Jake. This was 89, right? Was that that year? Yeah. Okay, so it would be some some years before we got that really, you know, where he, he made that turn and we really got that deep, dark snake. But see, you could have so easily pivoted to that out of this. You could have went right back into that version of Jake, the snake Roberts coming out of this match. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I just, I, I go back to the timing there. I don't know. And he, Hey, obviously no one pauses getting a little, uh, you know, offended over there no one was at hogan level but jake was right up he was up there uh you know with the other you know ahead of the other stars maybe outside of warrior macho and hogan i think if jake would have gotten their push he would have been just as over as those guys um you almost did a uh piper there rick you almost were like we were running neck and neck that awesome uh piper promo um so obviously there's a, a 1990 ultimate team of survival i don't count it but my buddy always says it's like the best team team. 
I love this team, but I don't know if I count because it's it's the emagulation of all the wins in a row, and then or if that's even a word there, um, and then you put Hogan, Warrior, and Tito together. Does that count as a team, though? I kind of, I, I mean, I wrote them down, but does that really count as a team, even though it's awesome? It, it's funny, you know. Yesterday when we had to to push the record, uh, Jargo and I were going back and forth, and, and he was and he was sour about this yesterday. So now I got one. Uh, I, I don't like Survivor Series, and I said, well, the simple answer is, it's Hogan, it's Warrior, and it's Tito. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, just like the, just like the Jackson Five or the Jackson family, poor <laughs> Tito <laughs> over there on his own little island. Ow, trick! Damn, I, I was Rick, really was wondering cold. where you damn. were going with that. Yeah, me too. I was like, wow, that was stone cold. Damn, Rick. <laughs> that is true. Unfortunately for Tito, yeah. I actually like the five man squad on the other side of the ring. You know, Ted DiBiase, Rick Martel, the Warlord, and then Power and Glory. Like I, that to me sounds like a good Survivor Series team. Who, like, who was the team that they put down earlier in the night? So DiBiase wasn't DiBiase was in a, in another match, but it was uh, Roma, Warlord, Hercules, and Martel. They beat I think it was Piper. I want to say Snuka and the Bushwhackers. Yes. yes. Which is just a nut, nutty team. And if you remember that promo that they cut in the back. Now, now that's a team you want to go drinking with. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, Snuka and the Bushwhackers. Rewatch that promo from the back. I don't know if there's a sober guy on that team in that promo. Because <laughs> it, it, it's nuts. It's like, what the hell is going on with these four? Austin team, like, if you think about it. But obviously, you know, they're, they're not going to win. I mean, they're, they're going to get dominated. I did put Martell, Power and Glory, and Warlord on the team. Because technically, they swept it. You know, four guys going to the final, so they got to be considered. I love that team too. It doesn't have that like the, grade A top heel, but I mean, they're all awesome in their own right. Would you say that the Bushwhackers Bushwhackers team got licked? <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, it was 1990. Went to my first house show. We were, I believe, in the second row. We had these older women in, in the front row in front of us. You know, me and my brother are eight years old. We're, we're watching these two, and they're like really into the Bushwhackers, like over the top into the Bushwhackers. Two old ladies. They came by and they like licked their head, like their forehead and their like hair. I was like, oh man. I was like, that was like gross as hell. And then they like came back and did it again. I was like, oh man. And they're the, the two women were loving it. I was like, that was <laughs> could the bushwhackers could the bushwhackers gimmick doing that exist today? No. no. Oh my god, Just that would have been out there and randomly licking people in the eyes. And women, like they would have been canceled. Oh, in that and especially in the age of COVID. Oh my God. Um, pause. Here's a good question for you. How old were you when you realized that the Bushwhackers and the Sheep Herders were the same tag team? And oh my God, what happened to Luke and Butch? Because you knew them as the Bushwhackers before the Sheep Herders. Yes. God, I had it been, I don't know, 15, 16, whatever. It was later on. Like I, I, I right. grew up. Yeah, it was like in the mid 90s, basically. As, Terrifying. As yeah. It's crazy Terrifying. to think like this jokey team and, and like the behind the scenes stories of like, I want to make you guys baby faces. And they're like, what? Because <laughs> <laughs> if you look at them, just picture like these guys are not baby faces. Like how could, but it worked. They, they made it work. I, mean, I they, love they the that. Bushwhackers, man. And then like, yeah, me too. I, I was like about the same age when I f- saw my first sheep herders match. And I was just like, Oh my God. How is this the same guys? It's, it's funny because I actually, I'm with you guys. I was about, you know, 14, 15 when I realized it. But I had been watching Sheep Herder matches because my uncle was a tape trader. 
and we'd get, you know, every now and then they'd filter through it. I never made the connection. It never clicked to me that they were the same guys because they were so just polar opposites of one another. It would be like, you know, bringing the Briscoes to the WWE. I was just think I was just thinking that they were like the Briscoes of their time, just terrifying and just menacing to look at. And turning them into like Fandango and Tyler Breeze, like just turning them into like a jokey kind shut of up, Jargo, Shut up, Jargo. Shut up. Shut up in case anyone there hears the show. Do not oh even God, put that out there. Although for some reason I can see Mark Briscoe marching to the ring. Yeah, I can. Yeah, Jay, no, Mark. Jay, not so much, but Mark, yes. Had a couple chickens under each arm out there <laughs> licking people. Another awesome team. Finger licking and, good. And I was, and I was at the Survivor Series. CM Punk, HBK, Triple H, and the Hardy Boys. This Pretty is good one. Team. This is one that was very high on my list, simply for the irony involved in it. Like looking yes. back on it now, when you look yes. at this list of names, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, the Hardy Boys, and CM Punk. One of these things is not like the others, ladies and gentlemen. I, I was thinking of this team when you were talking about, you know, the one silver guy on the team pause. And it's like CM Punk, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, and the Hardy Boys at this time. Um and there's the backstage politics that are involved inside of this match at the same time. Like I, my understanding is originally it was supposed to be DX going over brother and due to political posturing backstage, all the baby faces survive. Wow. You know, what's, you know, just to correct it before I get back onto that. So um, the team that the visionaries defeated the uh, Martel team, I'm sorry, was Jake snooker was on the team as well and the rockers the piper snooker bushwhackers team was the year before against another team i have on the list of perfect rude and the rougeos which we'll get to in a second but i just wanted to bring that up before before i forgot i was thinking of the 89 team this is actually the the 90 team obviously the visionaries feuding with jake with martell the visionaries obviously and then snooker and the rockers so i just want to correct that make sure that uh we get that right. But you're right. The funny thing is with Triple H and Michaels, they're like putting their arm around Punk and smiling because he's over like Rover and Philly. And right. they're like trying to kiss ass and, and get over uh, as well. Pretty ironic. And then on the other side, I was, uh, gonna, I was like, just going to get another. That team is no things, joke, too. Uh, you talk about things that don't really belong. There was a couple names on that other on, on Randy Orton and Edge's team uh, that, that maybe you wouldn't see. To that caliber of, of Team DX, but Mike Knox getting eliminated. Yeah, yeah, you got you got nothing against them there. You got Gregory Holmes and Mike Knox uh, paired up with Johnny Nitro, Edge, and Randy Orton. I don't know. Uh, Mike Knox especially seems a, a bit out of place there. At this point in time, there's no way that you would have convinced me that both Edge and Randy Orton would have better careers than John Morrison. I was really, really high on John Morrison at this point. And for some reason, Vince never saw it in him. He is kind of a weird guy, though. I never saw it with him either, to be honest. Really? Really. If you really watch him and analyze him, it's funny. I was was at a live show, and he main evented this show, and me and my buddy were watching him, and we're like, man, he's like clueless at times. Like, he didn't know where to go or what to do, and he did some move. And the other wrestler, like, 
I don't know. He, I wouldn't say stiff. He was a little snug with him, getting him back into like, dude, like what, like what are you doing? Like you could tell he spaced out or something. It was it was weird. And we were like, because I really want to watch. Him. I was like, why is he the main event? I'm like watching. I'm like, man, it's like he's like out of it or something. Do you remember who he was working? Oh yes, Austin Aries, uh, Bound for Glory. So we were talking about main eventing. I was trying to. I was thinking yeah. like, okay, what you know, what was this? Sitting situation first row here? for that. And I was watching. Because I was like, See, what the hell? Is I, I, here, I event? thought he was like, talking like, like a WWF house show was, in like two thousand four. No, no, this is like pretty damn. What was it three years ago? It's pretty damn recent. But he was completely like clueless at times in the match, and I was like, man, it looked like Aries. But then it, it, it was. I don't know who knows with Aries if he's like doing the storyline. Remember after he kicked out immediately after and walked yep. out, but you could tell he was a little frustrated with Morrison in the match because some at, at there was points where it's just like, what is this guy doing out there? I don't know. Maybe he got get lost or something, or maybe just space cadet. I don't know. Never saw anything in him. He's very uh, choreographed. I, I don't like those kind of wrestlers. Very fair. Uh, I, I I'm I guess I'm kind of in the middle here. I, I won't go as far as Jargo in saying that I'm I'm shocked that he didn't exceed, you know, what we've gotten from Randy Orton and Edge. But I did. But I I would have said, you know, back then I would have bet anything uh, that he would have been a much more advanced uh, with that resume and his accolades. It uh, seems like they were right giving now. him a big push and they just stopped. Yeah, and then he just kind of disappeared, and it wasn't really until Lucha Underground that kind of rebuilt Johnny Mundo, and then coming out of Lucha Underground, he wins the AAA championship, and he becomes yeah, hot, like that. He goes to Impact, and then WWE, and it was like, all right, let's get that big John Morrison run, and instead we get Johnny Drip Drip. I felt like that run was good for him because that style works with him. Like He could do all that crazy stuff. And not make sense sometimes, and it works with the Lucha Libre style. So he worked better in Lucha Underground, and, and he was good in AAA when he won the title, and he was defending it back and forth. So he did have a good run there. Um, if you go back and watch the very first episode of Lucha Underground, the main event is Prince Puma, now known as Ricochet, versus Johnny Mundo, now known as John Morrison, and they tear that freaking house down. Yep. And now it's like the main event of main event. Crazy. If that. If that. Uh, so I mentioned perfect Rick Rude and the Rujo brothers. I love that team. What a great heel team that is. Just awesome team. Perfect and Rude. I almost wish would have gotten a tag run together because those two guys played off of each other so freaking well Best that friend. You, you, I feel like you could have seen like you know a. a Ten-year run of those two as a tag team, just sitting on top of that entire tag division, and just dominating because I thought they were so great together. I mean, they were good, great apart, but man, together as a team, I just thought that would have been money. Bob, Bobby, the Brain Heenan presents the perfect bodies, right? Bobby, the Stain Heenan, um, that is a great team. Perfect's on here a few times. I like that. Uh, he you used to captain these great teams. I feel like, although I guess and they were Ru- all Rude. perfect. Yes, although I guess technically Rude and him were kind of like co-captains, but uh, or really Rude was maybe the captain. Um, old school team, just to throw this out there: Andre Rude, One Man Gang, Butch Reed, King Kong Bundy, Survivor Series '87, <sighs> the mass of humanity. One I of the was going to say he... <laughs> number two on my list. Whoa. Did we get number one on your list yet or not yet? No, not yet. Yeah, we didn't get number one on mine, mine either. Um, that's a huge team, though. Monstrous team. 
Well, absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about what was so cool, you know, again, going back to seeing this different dynamic here right there. You're just, especially as a kid, you're just in awe of that team, right? I mean, that is, as you said, man, it's just the mass of muscle, the mountains that those guys were. This was Bobby the Brain Heenan trying to kill Hulkamania. This was like, Boz, you know I'm not a Hulk Hogan guy in any way, shape, or form. This was the peak of Hulkamania to me. Like, Hogan trying to rally his friends, his fellow baby faces, against the evil Heenan family. Like, to me, this is the epitome of Hulk Hogan and opposite him with the Heenan family. And then that was the one nice thing about Survivor Series. You'd see this big faction who didn't necessarily all hang out with each other throughout the course of the year. This one time of year, like the whole faction was together. It was great. Absolutely love it. Uh, Another Andre team from the year after. Andre Rude. Perfect. Again, those two together. Harley Race and... The guy I'm not really a huge fan of, but uh, he's on the team, so I'm throwing him out there. Dino Bravo. It's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good team. Imagine if they all would have been in their prime at the same time. Yeah, holy shit, Harley in his prime. Right. Not a big Dino Bravo guy, but you know he he works in that situation. What is there any particular reason you weren't really a big fan of his? I have honestly have no idea. It's very weird. Like I remember back in the day, he beat Bret Hart, and I'm like, oh, that's like that's bullshit. And then I heard an interview with Bret saying Bret got injured, and you know, like that's why he lost. Like he broke (laughs) a bunch of ribs or something. His sternum, yeah, yeah, Yeah. he could barely breathe. Yeah, so it's just so funny. I had was like, well, I had that same reaction. Like, can't believe Bret lost him, and he beat Ronnie Garvin. Like, I was, I don't know why there was something I just didn't care for him about him. I don't never liked him. Beefcake too. Like a few guys back then. And it's funny. I love most of those WWF guys, but a few of them really, I don't know why they stick in my craw. I just I just don't like some of them. He just his presentation was so damn corny inside of the WWF. You yeah, know and Frenchie I mean? Martin in him is like, eh, it's so right? lame. Like, uh, like yeah. I think if he would have been presented like Stinko Malenko in WCW, like you know, circa nineteen ninety seven, we would have felt very very differently about Dino Bravo. And he had that kind of potential. He just they went a different well, his, direction. His connection in, into the WWF because he he ran the territory up there in Canada, right? Right. Yeah, with Gino Brito. Yeah, and he was a, a tremendous draw inside of that area. And you, when you yeah. got those hot names from Canada, I mean, those fans were very loyal to them. They were going to follow through. So it, it is kind of it is kind of puzzling, you know, that he really didn't break out inside of WWE. Or and, he's, really- and he's a Vince guy. If you look at him, like, oh, this guy bench presses 600 pounds, pal. You know what I mean? That like you would think that he would love him. I think and the problem is even at that point. His hair? Because he wasn't a natural blonde. Yeah, was he, he was bleach blonde. Yeah, yeah, bleach blonde. He was a uh, whatever, um, brunette or whatever, brown haired, whatever. I, I think the problem with him, even at that time, like you didn't have to go out there and carry segments like you do now. Like Seth Rollins out there the other night running his mouth for fifteen minutes, but. I, I Bravo was not a very good speaker when it came to English to me. Like he'd never cut a good promo, and yeah. I think that's what really held him back in Vince's eyes. But, but you got Jimmy Hart right there, the mouthpiece for him. Yeah, but that that always seemed like an odd pairing too. Yeah, I, that I, that know, didn't work with Jimmy and mm-hmm. and the Frenchie Martin. He was too corny. Yeah. What would you have gone with? I mean, I I, I liked it because it was a little bit different. And I, I I really enjoyed the work that, you know, when he was associated alongside of Earthquake. Which, though, that he took a, he had to play that second fit. You know, it really took a step back because then you're right. really focused on Earthquake and and Jimmy. And then, you, then he's just kind of there in the shadows. I wasn't big on Earthquake either. 
broke Hogan's ribs. Come on, man. I'm not going to be a fan of this guy. <laughs> you know, you know, we're, we're we're talking about these teams and these different, uh, you know, powers coming together. Uh, Pops, I'm going to throw this out to you, man. You know, really, when we look back at, at Hulk Hogan, yeah, he is just the, he's the top guy. He's he's the the all the Hulk meanings that fall on him. But even in a kayfabe sense, and there was some very rather scumbag moves by Hogan. Uh, I'm starting to question why anyone would even want to be on his team. Thank you. Are you talking about how he didn't visit Tugboat when Tugboat got injured? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that or, uh, you know, the jealousy with, with Sid Justice getting him eliminated, you know, potentially winning the, the championship and, and Flair escaping with it there. If you like, think uh, about that, though. Snake, like, trying, to, trying to snake Miss Elizabeth for a whole year from the match. I mean, this guy if is you think right, about that logically, character. With Sid, you think about it logically, Sid is doing the right thing. He's trying to eliminate everybody from the match. What does Hogan do? You can't eliminate the guy from the outside. Yeah. I love Hulkster, but that wasn't right. That was more like a heel move. And Sid was almost like the baby face. Why is Hogan and, getting and, mad and at Hogan him? And Hogan in Hogan fashion turns it around and gets the crowd to love him where he's being the scumbag. And of all times to pull like your political muscle, Survivor Series? Really? Like you could have five guys team up on Hogan. You could protect him in the booking more during Survivor Series than any other time of year. And this is when you're going to pull your political, like you could set yourself up for a whole year, like four or five years or five guys deep worth of feuds versus Hogan. But Hogan's got to flex his political muscle backstage for Survivor Series. He loses at 87. Andre wins. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I was just going to, I was going to put him over. He's, He's kind of he's he, he and I think he out. used that he used that protection where you know where he could get put down in these situations. Yeah, come on, Rick, come on. You're really, well, actually, come on, Jargo. At least Rick is being fair. Um, what about this awesome random team that almost wasn't a team? Lex Luger, the Undertaker, and the Steiner brothers. Awesome team. The uh, the the undead Americans, and this is where we get that moment. Or even Undertaker, maybe he's got the American flag inside of the trench coat there. Uh, that, that's a hell of a lineup right there. And it was one of those like dream teams come together. It, it's the premonition of the American badass. Oh, there you go. Ooh, yes, yes. That's such a funny thing because it's like, okay, Undertaker's not on the card, but Tatanka's on the team. And then obviously they take out Tatanka, so you think to yourself, all right, you, why is Tatanka on the poster? He was never going to be on this team. Like Undertaker cannot be on this card. Come on. I just love that team just because it's like, okay, Luger starting to, you know, get, get a bit of a push. Or actually, should have won the title before that, but that's neither here nor there. Undertaker is good, and the Steiner brothers are awesome. They're the best. I feel like everybody on that team was more over than Luger. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Sadly. When you think about it historically. You know, and he's the one that's going over in the match, yeah. right? That heel team's not bad either. Yokozuna, Ludwig Borger, Crush, and Jacques Rougeau. It's not a bad team. That's that's a very athletic team right there that you just listed. Pause. Hey, they're all that's, they're monsters. First of all, that, I'm the biggest that, that was the, biggest, the precursor for dot dot dive. <laughs> I'm the biggest Ludwig Borger fan in the world. All right, so let's just put that out there. I love that guy. That's quite possible. He's he was awesome. But that's an awesome team that I think maybe get forgotten because the '93 Survivor Series is sometimes completely forgotten. What do about? You feel, do you feel like that era of the Steiner brothers, if they would have split them up, could those guys have gotten their singles runs at that time? 
they needed like I know they had Brett, but they needed another like top baby face or maybe two. So I could see that. Well, if, if Scotty, you listen, I could see that. Well, if you listen to uh, uh, Pritchard, if you're putting stake in, you know what he was, you know what he recalls from back then on on his show, uh, he had talked about that at one time that there was serious conversations about strapping the rocket to Scotty, uh, giving him a win at a Rumble, and sending him into a WrestleMania, and there was serious talks about him becoming potentially that top guy for the company. And people forget how over Rick Steiner was as a single before the Steiner brother tag team was like, you know, really that, that unit that we would see them become, I mean, Rick could have been a world champion at one point. I remember that 91 feud with Luger. I mean, he was so damn over. red hot. Yeah. Like, whole, I was like, I was like, give the guy the belt. Like I thought he was going to win the title. Obviously they continued with the, the Luger run, but I was like, damn, like that was a heavy feud. And even Steiner, uh, Scotty Steiner, I thought he might beat Ric Flair at one point for the title. Mm-hmm. So they both could have had their runs. At WWF style, I think they needed some top baby faces. I wouldn't have minded seeing either one of them at the top of the card, to be honest. I love the Steiners. And now it's, it's just puzzling what they're, what they're doing. with. You, you get the best of both right now in Rick's son and how they're handling that situation. Yeah, I, oh, they blew it already. Idiots. They have no idea what they're doing. So another team I have from 87, Savage, Steamboat, Jake, Duggan, and Brother Brutai, Brutus Beefcake. Pretty good. Savage and Steamer and Jake on the same team. It's pretty damn good. Yeah, I like that team a lot. Um, how how does this come together? Because I'm trying to remember how this team was for, like th- this was a mutual respect thing with Savage and Steamboat, but how did the rest of the team come together? I think that at this point, they just threw them. <laughs> you're a baby face. You're, you're pretty right, over Because like I'm trying to remember, team. and I yeah. like those two guys I remember, but the rest of the team, I was trying to piece together how this team all came together, and I got nothing. Yeah, I don't recall. I think it's just like they're all baby faces, and they're going to be out there. Good team, though. I mean, Savage, Steamboat, I- pretty one- good one-two punch. I had uh, I had this team really high on my list here, and nice. this, this is the one that started it all. Uh, this was the first match, the first Survivor Series, and, and they go out there, and it's right here in the in the great state of the OHIO, baby, uh, where we, we we hosted the first two Survivor Series. Let's not uh, let's not forget that there, Richfield, Ohio, baby. Yes, yes, sir. Uh, right outside Cleveland, there. So, yeah, and this got it going. I, I love this team, especially then. Uh, it, you hated him for so long, but you, you come and you love to respect the Macho Man. And, and Ricky, the Dragon Steamboat, was one of my absolute favorites. And, and to see them, it, that respect thing coming together and you toss everyone else in, uh, it was something special. And I think it was really important for Macho Man to have Steamboat like acknowledge him in on that level in front of the fans. Like The fans really wanted to like Savage, but like once Steamboat accepted him, I felt like that was a really, really big step between Macho Man and the fans. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't really have too many modern teams. I know I mentioned the Punk team before. Uh, this other team I just liked because there were so many champions on it. You had Batista, Orton, Ray, JBL, and Lashley all on one team. I know it's like a SmackDown team and whatever, and I hated the stu- stupid brand supremacy crap. But I just threw it out there because all former world champions – just a, a loaded team really but i hate those matches and i never like raw versus smackdown hardly any of that interests me at all it's so what are you lazy. what are you talking about the one time a year pause where it's about brand supremacy and the red and the blue are gonna go at it 
Yeah. Remember the, you know when what? they did bragging rights? I, I can't even show. I can't even show that shit. <laughs> Do you remember when they did bragging rights and Survivor Series in the same year? You're like, wait, did now they're both for bragging rights and rights supremacy? What the fuck? That was it's so just bad. such lazy booking. Yeah. Very PWA like. You know. Very I mean? very uninspired. Um, uh, what you know? What what's making that? I was gonna pitch oh. something. I was gonna promote something at the end of the show here, but I do oh, have sure. something Survivor Series esque announcement right. about the PWA coming up later. Okay, good, good. Um, what about Survivor Series 01? Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, and Jericho. That's a pretty loaded team for the WWF. I That's just I just went to them on my team. list. Uh, here's the problem with this though. This is and we've all gone through this and, and maybe don't I didn't leave pro wrestling, but this is one of those times where I was completely turned off from WWE. And it was just how embarrassing and, and it just fell so short was the invasion. The WCW team is so bad. Just if you look at it, I know you got Austin and and, and um and Angle's Angle on it, on right? There and stuff, but why would Kurt Angle be on the it was so obvious he was turning? Like I was like, okay, turn already, turn it like ruined the whole match. I'm like, just turn already. And Shane McMahon's on it. I was like, man, I was like, if you're gonna do a WWF and you got Rock, Undertaker, Kane, Big Show, and Jericho, team WCW should be like Goldberg, Scott Steiner, Lex Luger, Sting, um, DDP or whatever. I mean, like, come on, guys. Like, what a lame-ass match. Yeah, it's it's Austin, RVD, Booker T, Shane McMahon, and Kurt Angle. Yeah. So out of, See, out of all Austin those, maybe be Booker on there, T. But yeah, I was going to say, RVD's not even a really, shouldn't even really be Well, there, no, because it wasn't WCW, it was the Alliance. So, you know, he's representing so ECW. Yeah, but I wanted to see WCW, like Booker, you put Booker T and four WCW guys on there. Steve well, Austin, come on. Steve Austin got fired by FedEx from WCW. Why the hell would he ever be on Team WCW? So stupid. Well, it, it, and that's the, it's one of those things now, you know, looking back at it, we all know why those contracts weren't available uh, they didn't want to spend the money there, but I mean, it's like going out, you're expecting to go out and get a steak dinner and, you, and they bring you a hamburger. And it, it, it is a, and as a fan, you didn't care about all that other stuff going on. You wanted to see legit. And ECW didn't have to be really involved in that. We wanted WWE, WWF versus WCW. You know, it in somewhere in that middle, you wanted Flair, Goldberg, you know, if you're looking for that younger people, you got Booker T, who Sting. was their champ coming out at the end. Sting, yeah, take it, yep. taking on Stone Cold, The Rock, The Undertaker, you know, whatever it might be. You, you know, give me it, all I, 812 members of the NWO. Do you find it ironic that they wouldn't pay out? I know some of the WWE guys want to stay home and collect money, but WWF wouldn't give them the money to buy out the contract so they can come in immediately. Then they ended up paying more for them when they brought them in later. Do you ever find that ironic or funny in any way? It's like Goldberg, we're not going to pay your contract. Oh, how much do we have to pay you? Oh, three million. Oh, you only work in thirty days. Okay, you just overpaid for him well, because you didn't bring him in in 01, you idiots. And that's why I never really bought into that excuse. They, they could have got those deals done. They right, were just being lazy. They thought they would just sell it and coast by by saying this is you know. We're getting Vince had no drive because there was no competition anymore. Yep. Yes, because it's so funny. You look at it. Okay, so Goldberg made more money in WWF technically because he worked way less dates, like way less dates. Okay, T- to the point where they couldn't even use him anymore from like February to <laughs> to Mania because they already used up all his dates. It was just like okay, you overpaid for him. Sting years years down the road, obviously you end up getting him, but you paid a shitload for him. 
oh my god, Scott Steiner, you overpaid for him, obviously, and then you did nothing with him, and he was well, injured really remember, at that point too. You remember that excitement and people yep. that were kind of you know had strayed away from it were coming back to it. Oh my god, you know they, they had been gone for a year or two. This is going to happen, and then we get like the mid Carters. Yeah, Hogan, Flair, Hall, Nash. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, that's the list of people sitting at home. You're yeah. getting, and it's no disrespect here. You're getting the likes of a Chris Canyon, you know, you know, you know, this is the complete mid card. So I didn't even get to the number one team in my list yet, and I don't think Jargo did either. Rick, did we get the number one team in your team uh, in your uh, list yet? You know me, I, I don't come in here with anything like that. Okay, I, right. I like to have the conversation. All right, Jargo, did we get to that? Number one team on your list? No, not yet, man. I, not yet. I, I do. I do have one to throw out there. I don't think yeah. it's going to top anyone's yeah, list. Yes, give go, go, go. Uh, but can we go back to? I believe it was the it was the first Survivor Series, correct? Where we had the massive tag team match, where we ended up having twenty members. Yes, we had the same same thing in '88 too. Which was okay, awesome. so we did it back to back on those years. But I, I, I really remember that first one. And you've seen almost essentially the whole tag divisions out there. Yep. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not going to put up there as one of the greatest teams or the greatest matches. And I really felt so confused at the end of this as we get the double turn. Maybe one of the most unexcitable double turns ever when the powers of pain and demolitions flip flop from baby. Oh, to an 88. Yeah. The 88 one. Okay. Okay. Now I'm, I'm kind of blurring the matches together, but I, I want to make just... demolition babyface. I just uh, I, I love that spectacle to see all the teams out there like that. It was great. The ADA match I love. Yes, so many good teams in there too. Um, who else did, did we miss? Anybody else? I I still didn't get to my number one yet. Uh, let's see here. Is there any fun teams out there that maybe not the best that you guys enjoyed? Yes, uh, I believe it's ninety three. It's just such a random team. I believe it's Razor Ramon, Marty Jannetty. One, two, three, kid, and the Macho Man, and it was supposed to be perfect. That we then we get a surprise, and it's Macho. I was just like, wow, this is a freaking awesome team, but just so random. Maybe not the best or anything, but just so random. But I loved it. You get some uh, interesting pairings when it comes to uh, Survivor Series. Often, like Men on a Mission and the Bushwhackers together. <laughs> yeah. I think for those fun teams, really anywhere that you could find the Bushwhackers and, and you're bringing that big group dynamic together, it's going to be a good time. What about, I mean, I guess honorable mention goes to DiBiase, Undertaker, and Rhythm and Blues, right? Yes. Pretty good I, team. Well, I think, you know, when you, especially when we talk about, if we were talking about, you know, those Survivor Series moments yes. to get that debut of the Undertaker and uh, was it was it Piper and Gorilla on the on the call and how they're putting it over? Uh, I could just I can almost hear you know, Piper like, "Oh my God, get a who the heck get a load of this guy!" Uh, out, they just the, the did an incredible team, job with it. The team opposite them: Dusty Rhodes, Bret Hart, Jim the Anvil, Nightheart, and Coco Beware. Love that. That's team. a fun team. Yeah, fun. That's team, a fun yeah. team. Uh, you know, if we're, and we're also talking about survivors here. Just kind of mentioned those moments that you remember. It's not a team. Uh, and this is where they kind of got away from the team concept, which bothered me a little bit, but I really enjoyed it because you still had that survivor at core was deadly games uh, with the rock and mankind with the turn there when he joined the corporation. I, I like the tournament at survivors. Yeah, Series. very cool. 
very into that. The uh, 91 team that wasn't would have been awesome. So I guess it would have been Savage, Bossman, and LOD as a team. But then, remember, Savage got suspended, so he wasn't there. And I think the other team was Jake, IRS, and um, the Natural Disasters. But Jake and, and and Macho were suspended or whatever, so they both couldn't do it. Imagine that team. Savage, Bossman, and LOD. That would have been uh, probably up on this list. Would have been awesome. That would have been a very cool one. All right, pause. You ready for my number one? Yeah, who is it? Come on. My number one Survivor Series team of all time is the Big Show. All I by knew, himself. I knew well, you were go there. it's the Big Show. I knew you were going to go there. He had a team, and mm-hmm. to be fair, his team was not very good. Right. So the Big Show beat up his team. Taka Michinoku, Funaki, number one ring announcer, and the Blue Meanie. And then he goes out and he destroys the big boss man, Albert, Viscera, and Midian. And so then he gets added into the main event of a triple threat match between The Rock, Triple H, and The Big Show, and he wins the WWF Championship. Got the Rock. How is that not number one? He beat up like nine guys that night. Pretty impressive. It's pretty damn impressive. You know who's number one on my list? Um, the Is big drum boss roll, man, please? Albert Viscera, and Midian. My favorite Survivor Series team of all time. The Mega Powers. Hogan, Savage, Hillbilly Jim, Coco Beware, and Hercules. 1988. Love that match. Obviously, they wrestled between Towers, Haku, Red Rooster, and DiBiase, which is a great heel team as well. But I love that team. And, and everyone always, my buddies always say, oh, it's not the best team. If it was Hogan and Savage and us three, it could be up there as the greatest team of all time. I mean, it's the wow. mega powers for Christ's sake. I mean, that is, that is such a damn good team. Plus, think about this psychology and philosophy that I love about the Survivor Series. You don't want four main eventers on, on, on one team necessarily. You need a guy that's going to lose almost immediately to get the heels over. Coco, beware. You need a strong guy that has association with your captains. So you feel some emotion to that. Whoever eliminates him, they get big heat. That's Hillbilly Jim's role, mid-card guy, but has the attachment to Hogan, being Hogan's buddy. Then you got you need that upper mid-card guy who can he's like, oh, he's going to do damage in this match. And he loses too. And that's Hercules. So it puts more peril on Hogan and Savage. And then you have the whole stuff that goes on with the match with the handcuffs. And you really think they're going to lose. I love that damn team because you got the two main eventers, the upper mid card, the mid card, and the low lower card guy. It's the perfect team. I love that team. Man, I, I thought you were going to go with uh, Lawler, Cheesy, Queasy, <laughs> Sleazy, or, or possibly uh, Dink, Doink, Pink, and Wink. I don't think Lawler was a fan of that team. I mean, I think you're right, Paz. I think that's probably the team that's going to be looked back on probably as the best assembled team. But that's also when Survivor Series actually had some kind of logic because what you just laid out, the formatting of the team and how the team should all be put together is more than the WWE has thought about Survivor Series in the last 15 years. I was dying laughing on Saturday, right? So I'm watching college football. I think it's, you know, the big noon or whatever. It's about to be 12. The games are about to start. And I look at my social media and I'm like, okay, they're picking a Survivor Series team at 3.30. Maybe I missed it. Maybe it was a little bit before. But at 12 noon, 
three hours from now, three hours and 30 minutes, they're picking Survivor Series teams on social media. I was like, wow, this event really has a lot of uh, juice to it. Like, like nobody gave a shit. They just decided that morning, oh, by the way, we're going to put out the teams today. Like, no thought, nothing. What lazy pieces of garbage. I mean, terrible. Awful. And the teams suck, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there's no kind of concept or logic or it's just Raw versus SmackDown bullshit. It was like the damn Battle Royal for the Guinness Books of War, World Record. There's no logic to it. They just threw everybody out there. What are you talking about? It's, 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 it's his history. <laughs> People coming from around the country for this thing. Yeah, if it was WWE, they would have said the word historic 852 times. During and whoever probably, won. I probably yelled it that many times, too. And whoever won is going to get an opportunity, not a shot. They're going to get an opportunity. Yes. No, 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 no. There's things that are bigger than that, and it's that moment. So the living history, Tom Sharp pulled this thing off, uh, and he won this thing. So it was a great accomplishment for him. Any relationship to Mike Sharp? Um, Iron Mike Sharp. I don't know. I don't know. I have to, I have to do some digging here. And find out about Larry Sharp, maybe. Oh, he by the know. way, my favorite team. Yeah, what is Thanks it? for asking. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the – maybe they don't count, but I'm still going with uh, – and no one puts Tito in a corner, but I'm going with him, Hulk Hogan, and the Warrior. That's your Survivor Series team, the best team? I'm, that's the best That's the best of all time, man. Jargo, are you sticking with your pick of the big show? I'm going with the big show, and I mean – this should be a much more memorable feat because this is, you know, when Rikishi did it for the rock, right? He takes out Austin. So big show is not even supposed to be there. He realizes his team stinks. So he beats all them up. Then he goes out. He beats the entire other team by himself, goes on to the main event against the rock and triple H and wins his first WWF championship. Like that to me, that's the single best survivor series performance by any team in the history of Survivor Series. Do you think that, you know, Russo leaves at this point, not to like put him over, but this was like the downfall of the booking. I know you lose Austin, but I you mean, better that, put him over, that, you work for him. That writing. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, but that, that writing, like I did it for the rock and then big show loses it right back to triple H. I was like, man, this is such lazy, terrible, bad writing and booking for a hot period. Like they completely cooled it off to me. The only thing to bring them back was when the radicals came and I was interested in seeing, you know, that seeing those guys and they didn't really book them that well either, to be honest, but man, um, people overrate that era from like that late 99 and then to 2000. It's terrible. Like the triple H shit, the Stephanie stuff. I mean, 2000 sucks. Uh, I hate to break to everybody. Except for the match. I mean, I like the matches. The booking sucks. Well, and to think, like, the way that they present Big Show here is almost Andre-esque, right? Where where it could just be this incredible huge run where he goes out, he beats, like, nine guys in one night, and it's like, holy crap, this dude is made. And then he's crying about his dad. And big, right. and big boss man, yeah, <laughs> and and it's it's all downhill from there for the and next loses you know to twenty H, years. Who's who's calling spots in the ring louder than anybody I've ever heard call spots in the ring before? Just awful. Side slam, pedigree, like oh, just well, Jargo in the conversation here when we talk things out, have we? If we are you lightening up a little bit on Survivor Series? No. Damn. No, not at Dick. all. Just to throw it out no. there, and I will I will say I'm gonna keep it the Mega Powers, Hogan, Savage, Hercules, Hillbilly Jim, and Coco is the best team for me as well. 
But how does Coco keep finding his way on to all these awesome teams? Because he's awesome. He's Coco Beware. It's the way, same way he found his way into the Hall of Fame. He's awesome. Pal driver. Could be. But let's head to the plugs. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. Check out the website, tmptempire.com. Of course, Patreon, patreon.com slash tmptempire. Jargo, what do you got, Michael? Social media at not Jargo, michaeljargo.com at markmedia.com. And I will be over on the No DQ Review this Thursday night as oh, a preview wow. for uh, AEW Full Gear coming up this Saturday. Very, very, very nice. Uh, well, I, I had mentioned it earlier here, but coming up uh, just a couple months away as, as we look to 2022 for the Professional Wrestling Alliance, we're going to get things going January 8th with the, the New Year Smash. I keep stealing those names in uh, from New Japan, but we're, we got New Year Smash coming at yeah. you featuring uh, what in, in my beautiful mind here I've come up with it. We're going to call it Patriot Games. It is going to be a combination of Survivor Series and the War Games. It's going to be uh, anything goes war game esque, but we're going to start with everybody from both teams, two teams of four going to war and with eliminations and individual eliminations happening. So the, the last team standing will be uh, declared the winner. So looking forward to that. You can keep up with everything going on with, uh, with the PWA over on facebook.com backslash professional wrestling Alliance, or just me myself across all social media at the real RBV. Any relation to Jeff Probst, by the way, that possible uh no you i don't sure? know who that who is that uh, i believe you hosted a show called the Survivor. <laughs> I, know, I know who it is i know who it is. but thank you michael ps jargo thank you rbv thank you everybody for listening we'll see you right back here next week for an edition of who is see you next week folks this has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the Two Man Power Trip of Wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two Man Power Trip, where the power lies brother.